Welcome to the FRC Digital Podcast. This podcast is part of the FRC Digital Network, put out by Fellowship Reformed Church in Hudsonville, Michigan. Just a reminder that this episode, there is a downloadable companion worksheet at frchudsonville.org under resources. In this episode, we are going to talk about what the Bible has to say about sports and godly parenting of an athlete or perhaps a teen athlete. I'm your regular host, Pastor Tim Lysaga, and joining me for this episode is Brian Boom. Brian is a youth director at Fellowship Reformed Church. So, Brian, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, man, it's been a privilege to be a part of Fellowship here for the last 17 years as the youth director. Uh, In about the same number of years, I've been married to my wife, Brittany, uh, and we've got two beautiful kids. Brindley is 12, so she's in the midst of middle school, and Braxton is 8. And I love to be active with my family, uh, whether that's biking or hiking or any of those types of things. We like to go to the beach and uh, love to be competitive. So we play a lot of board games or just games in the backyard. Uh, and I dabble a little bit in woodworking. It's just a fun side fact. Okay. Um, so let's just start with an easy question. Did you play sports growing up? Yep. I have two older siblings and we had three neighbors that are about our same age. And so pretty regularly, we'd be playing something in the yard together, whether that's baseball, basketball, you know, golf, whatever. It was, we always were playing something. And then uh, my mom's from a big family. And so we had family gatherings. We'd always play football in the yard or, or again, basketball or uh, something. Some of that we still do actually uh, to this day, even though most of us are 40 plus. But uh, in high school, I was a three-sport athlete. I played football and basketball and track, and then I continued playing football at Hope College uh, for my first two years there. Okay, so um, you've had a pretty uh, long integration into sports. You've been, you know, um, still a little bit part of your life. That's great. Um, You know, one of the questions that I've asked pretty much everybody that I've had to come in and and talk about this subject is, um, what did you hear in church? You know, Sports is doesn't seem to be a common topic. I can't uh, look back and see that it was something that came up behind the pulpit or even in Sunday school. Um, get on Amazon, just not a lot of things to find if you're looking for a book. Um, so you grew up in church. Um, did you ever hear a sermon, Bible study, uh, about uh, the intersection of Christians and, and sports or how we should understand it according to our faith? Yeah. Not specifically that I can recall. You know, there's a lot of talk about use your platform for the gospel or use your platform as sports, uh, your position of influence to point people toward Jesus. Um, FCA at Hope College was a little bit more of that, um, but I don't recall anything you know, in church growing up about here's a sermon on sports and how you would think about this or even parent your kid in sports. It wasn't, I don't think, as large of an issue as it is today. Um, sure. And which I think we'll probably get to a little bit about later in our conversation. But uh, that's that's one of the things, you know, is really in sports, it was Brian, use your platform for for Jesus. And so that's the main thing that I remember kind of growing up. Okay. Well, as, as I've talked to, to, to people, I, it does seem like those who were deeply into athletics, played in high school, perhaps even played in college, they were, were maybe exposed to it a little bit more. There Maybe there would have been somebody 
from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes that came and spoke about that specific issue. But generally, church-wide, the answer has been pretty much the same. No, I, I don't remember it ever coming up in Sunday school. don't remember anybody bringing it up in the pulpit, um, which is interesting. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and one of the things we talked about was uh, sports is such a big part of American culture. Um, and we do spend a lot of time in pulpits talking about human sexuality because that's an issue in our culture. We, we talk perhaps um, about entertainment. We might talk about what we are and are not watching. Um, and you take something like American football, the probably the most dominant sport in America, and we don't talk about it. Um, and I wonder what the, the reason for that is. And so uh, you've been in ministry in a while uh, been in ministry for a while. Um, so what are kind of things you hear about playing sports from Christians, uh, especially since you're in youth ministry? What, what are the common sa- conversations that are being had? Sure. I mean, a lot of it is about, did you go to the game or, you know, did you see that or you know, that kind of stuff? Um, and, you know, you talk about sports. The only thing that we really talk about sports in church is in the lobby when we're saying, hey, uh, did you see that last night or are you going to watch that football game this afternoon? You know, and, and so thinking about youth ministry, um, you have two kind of opposing sides of sports or thinking about sports. It's, sports are good, and, and man, they can be used for good. And then there's sports are an idol, and they need to be put aside uh, for the glory of God, right? And I think there's truth to both of those, uh, and depending upon how you use it, much like money, right? Money's good, and it can be used for good, but it is also can be an idol if you put that before the Lord. And so those are mainly the two things that, that I hear pretty regularly, uh, whether that's from parents who look at other parents who are just going busy, busy, busy with their lives of, of students, bringing them from soccer to tennis to whatever, um, and then not being present for youth group or uh, Sunday morning because they're on travel ball or any of those kind of things. And so those other parents are looking at them and saying, that's not what we want. Uh, and sports are drawing their kids away from the Lord, and that's not what I want for our kid. And so sports are bad. Um, so there's two opposing things there. And I think that's something that we can help parents uh, to kind of understand that it's it's not one or the other. It can be a mixture of those two things. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I've, I had a conversation, uh, one of the conversations I recorded uh, was with uh, a, a fellow that's older than both of us, you know, and I asked him, you know, w- what has changed, sure. you know, uh, in his life as far as the relationship between, you know, your average Christian and sports, and he's seen a lot. Now, you and I are about the same age, um, you know, it, it, my question to you is maybe from the beginning of youth ministry, 17 years ago to where you are now, what have you seen change? Yeah. A greater increase in travel sports, especially, uh, like in a specialization of, of sport at a younger age. And it's so, you know, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. Now you have many, only one-sport athletes. Uh, they're, they're not transitioning. They're not doing multiple sports at the same time. And they're starting that, starting younger. I mean, You've got travel ball for elementary school students, and that was never a thing for for me especially, but even 17 years ago, it was kind of just starting that process and only for select sports at that time, but now it's for many sports. There's a whole lot, uh, 
I think the availability of sports and different options for students right now is, is much greater as well. And I think there's a, a higher pressure to engage in those things outside of the normal season for the school sure. than there used to be as well. Well, um, it, it makes me think of NBA All-Star Hall of Famer Charles Barkley was talking about this not too long ago, about the fact he goes to schools and will speak at schools. And he'll, he'll ask a group of kids, you know, who here wants to be a doctor or a teacher? You know, um, it doesn't seem to matter what the age is. You know, maybe one or two hands about wanting to be a doctor, teacher, lawyer. And then they'll say, well, who, who here wants to be a professional athlete? And this is like everybody. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where he's like, that, that bothers him. Now, here's a guy who's made millions of dollars. His, all of his fame comes around sports, and it bothers him. That, that seems to be all that kids are thinking about is, is how they can get famous using sports. And, um, and I, you know, I have my own opinion as far as I think sometimes, um, you know, college is expensive. And it's like, hey, you know, if you could maybe get a scholarship in some way, that could be helpful. It's a way to pay for college. And so there's some pressure sure. uh, in that direction. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to, to bring up as we talk about this, uh, this subject is in John 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, uh, you're supposed to abide in me. And if you abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. And I want to just start by asking, what do you think he meant by that? Yeah. I think there's two parts to that, right? The abide first, and you can take that to mean rest. You can take that to mean remain, uh, to kind of take comfort in Jesus, uh, to absorb all that he has for you, and even really to, to cling to Jesus. And so abide can mean a lot of those things. And sometimes I think we take it as, if I got to abide in him, I have to just four hours of my day is going to be specifically with Jesus, right? And, right. And that's not really what that, that means. It means throughout the day to be engaged in conversation and relationship with him and abiding in him and your thoughts and, and all of that. And so that's the kind of the abide piece, but the bare fruit is really the obedience that comes as a result of being with Jesus. So when we're with Jesus, we then become like Jesus in our thoughts and in our actions. And that the fruit really is the the obedience piece that become we become like Jesus um, in our character and in our in our actions. Sure. Uh, one of the illustrations I, I've you know used with with busy parents before is, you know, if you've got a kid who's in the midst of basketball season, your whole world kind of abides in that basketball season. Why you do what you do, where you go, where you go, um, you know, why you would tolerate the smelly gym clothes, all has to do because you're currently abiding in in basketball season. And it's the same idea as far as our relationship with Christ. And so I think you hit the nail on the head there is, you know, we're, we're trying to abide and, and the desire is then that we're going to be obedient and, and bear some fruit that is unique to being obedient to Christ. Um, so that brings me to, so if there is a, a teenager listening on this, oh, I want to abide in Jesus, but, you know, right now I'm in school. Um, I, you know, I, I go to church, I'm in youth group, um, at home, uh, I've got maybe chores to do, um, and I'm in this sport, and if you put all those things together, life is really, really busy. Uh, so, so how do I abide in Jesus so that I can bear fruit um, in, in a season that could be that busy? Yeah, well, just like you would with a friend, essentially, right? It's, it's about the relationship throughout the day, uh, and if you're thinking about Jesus you're going to have conversation with him throughout the day. And so I would I would make use of the gaps. I would say, man, 
there's there's opportunity throughout the day to have conversation with Jesus, to talk about Jesus with other people. You know, so we think when we say Jesus conversations, it's conversations between me and the Lord, but it's also conversations with like you about about Jesus, right? Uh, and uh, how I'm doing in my relationship with Him, and, and how other people are doing in relationship with Him. It could be listening to the Bible app is super helpful. Um, you can listen to Scripture. So if you're on your way to school, instead of listening to something else, put God's Word on and listen to that. There's a lot of little things like that, even setting reminders on your phone uh, to say, hey, pray about whatever, um, and uh, or read this, or here's the verse of the day. Write it on a note card where you're going to see it. Uh, this would all be abiding even in the midst of the crazy busy that you might find yourself. And so those were some things that I would say, make make that happen. Um, use the tools that you have on your phone or even people to say, I want to be accountable to this uh, and, and make that, make it, ha- make it a priority. Right. Right. It, it, you would probably sum all that up and say, it, you've just got to do it on purpose. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not, you know, especially during busy seasons, you know, you're, you're just about to head out the door uh, to go to another country. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're kind of in the midst of a busy season. Um, and so, you know, you know, you've got to take steps to purposely, um, you know, make sure you're abiding in Christ during that, that season. So we have abide. And then the, the next question, of course, is then what kind of fruit should we be producing in, uh, you know, one of the things, particularly in a sports setting, uh, you know, one of the first things we're going to say, of course, we, you know, following Jesus means we're not going to cheat. Um, but I would assume there's more. What would be some other ways you would see an athlete particularly would need to, to bear fruit? Yeah, you're around people and you have teammates, right? And so it's, it's sharing the character of Christ with your teammates. Uh, it's, it's not just being the best basketball player or the best football player, or whatever sport you're playing. Uh, it's about being the best follower of Christ to the people that you're around. So loving God first, but then loving others. And so that that's loving your teammates and helping them get better. Uh, it's loving your, well, your enemy in the sense of those that you're playing against, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that can be more of the difficult side of things when it comes to sports and the competition. But it's also, you know, being a good sport in the midst of the throes of competition. You know, when a ref makes a bad call, we don't jump down the ref's throat. Uh, rather, we show the patience and grace of Christ. Like, well, maybe he just missed it and play on, right? And, and have a good attitude in the midst of that. So there's a lot of that. I mean, it's integrity is greater than just don't cheat. It's integrity is, is really all about how you continue to be Christ in all phases of, of the game, but also in your life. Yeah, and I, I would probably add to that. So um, if you're a young person, whether it's in high school or in college, and you want to bear fruit uh, for Jesus in your sports situation, there is something to be said about having that character that you were just mm-hmm. talking about. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot of time on YouTube to find a lot of bad character um, at, at basketball games, football games, uh, whether it's players and, and refs, players and coaches, players and fans, um, you know, you're going to stand out just by the natural tendency to have a, a, a peaceful nature about you, a desire to resolve conflict instead of starting it. Um, you know, and so for anybody who's like, well, you know, I, I think I'm supposed to be doing more. It's just like, you know, just with those s- simple fruits, 
um, you know, it can be a, a, a massive testimony. And somebody might come to you and just say, you know, that ref was horrible. And that does happen. You know, sure. you, yeah. you, you go to a game and it's like, that was not a great officiating crew. Um, you know, how you respond to that uh, can mean a big deal to your to your teammates, especially when you're back in the locker room and, and everybody's talking about, hey, you know, we would have we could have done this if they hadn't thrown that flag or if they hadn't called that foul. And uh, so so those are great moments. Um, you don't necessarily have to get on a box and preach about Jesus right. to your teammates. You can show them um, so those 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 hard virtues um, yeah, that, that come with that. One of those things would be like not blaming other people but taking responsibility for any type of action that you may have caused in the midst of the game or, you know, uh, talking about the refs after the game. Well, it's not the ref's fault that we lost. Right. <laughs> it's, we could have done something different. So our words, the power of our words, and especially as Christian athletes, we can encourage not only our teammates, but we can encourage even our competitors, right? Um, if, if you knock somebody down in football and you pick them back up, Right after the play's done, and it—that's the beauty of what we can do as Christians, and to show the love of Christ even in the midst of a physical game. Um, so, right, and and uh, I think of um, one of the story, a couple of stories I, I think of in the NFL, particularly. Um, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but the, the Detroit Lions quarterback John Kitna, um, when uh, Calvin Johnson, a Megatron Hall of Fame wide receiver, came into the league, one of the things he talked about was. He noticed something different about John Kitna, sure. you know, and uh, noticed something about his the way he handled himself. And he's like, uh, he, he talks about how he suddenly has millions of dollars. And, and Tom Brady's mentioned this. You get to the top and you think you're always working there. And then you get there and it's just like, there's got to be something more. Yeah. You know, and, and just being around that kind of a teammate, it, it can be a big deal Yeah. Um, uh, to somebody and, and really grab their attention. Um, so maybe one more question in that. Uh, so, so let's say you're a parent and you have a child, uh, who is very, very busy, um, and wants to help them. Maybe your child has made a profession of faith. Uh, and so you want to be helpful, uh, in helping them abide in Jesus and bear fruit during a busy season. Um, what would you encourage them to do? Yeah. Well, as a parent, I think the, the greatest thing we can do is show them by our example, uh, and so it starts with our own life and taking a look at our own life and what we're doing and inviting them into how we're abiding in Christ. And if they see us abiding in Christ, they're much more likely to be following in our footsteps in that regard and doing it in their own life. Um, beyond that, ask great questions. And what does it look like to to be in relationship with Jesus throughout the day? I mean, it'd be like, how did you see Jesus today? How, who did you talk to you about Jesus? Who are you praying for or who are you praying about? Um, you know, who have you encouraged on your team? What words of affirmation were you able to give somebody today that was Christ-like character? Not just, I like your outfit, but man, I saw the peace of Christ in you today. That was really cool. You know, if you can have the conversations you have center around Christ and our purpose here uh, that's going to really help them to abide throughout the day and, and develop that relationship rather than just, hey, I, I checked the box of reading scripture today right. um, or I checked the box of going to church or youth group. You know, it's going to be more about the relationship and abiding with them throughout the day. Sure. Um, well, I think it, it, 
the other thing I think we should talk about when it comes to the topic of sports um, is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says, you know, no temptation is overtaking you except that which is common to man. And I, I've always taken that as, you know, um, there are temptations that athletes face and non-athletes face that are they're the same. Uh, but perhaps they just they show up in different contexts. So an example I would use is like envy. Envy is the feeling of being discontent. Uh, because God blessed somebody in a way he perhaps doesn't bless you. So I could be tempted uh, because I could see your, your nice car and I'd, I'd be envious of the fact that you can afford that and I can't. Um, but in the same way, you know, I can look at somebody's running speed or their strength or their hand-eye coordination and really envy uh, what God's gifted them. Uh, can you think of other examples like where, where there's a, a temptation that might be the same as most people face but looks a little different in the sports arena? Yeah, I think one that comes to mind right away is greed. I mean, we can see greed all around us uh, in terms of I just want more for myself. Uh, and that can just be, well, if you, you don't have to look far in the suburbs to, to see greater house, bigger, uh, the yard is better, you know, all of those types of things, just accumulating more and more stuff for ourselves. Uh, and then you put that into the sports context, and that looks like, well, I want more points on the basketball court or I want more home runs or a greater um, ERA or any of those types of things uh, in terms of the greed is more about self than it is about team or about others. And there's something about sports where you do want to excel as an individual, but it can become a, a greed issue and a temptation of, well... I could pass to that person and they could score or I could score and I could, my, my uh, average would go up and then people around me might look at me more as the superstar rather than as a team player, you right. know? Um, so there's greed that's involved, I think all over the place. And especially now that college sports is, we got the NIL, right? Where they can make money off of their sport sports and, uh, it's, well, I'm going to go to this school rather than my current school because I can make more money doing the same thing um, rather than is that the place that God wants me to be at. Right. So there's, I think greed has really come into play uh, in the sports context, especially college sports now that that's, that's part of it. So. Sure, sure. Um, in the next part of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we get a promise. This is God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear. And then there's a clarification saying that there's a promise here is that he's going to provide a way to endure it. Um, so the emphasis is not actually on our strength to bear it, but on his provision to endure it. Um, do you think sports culture may encourage the idea that we win those temptation battles via our own strength or if we, that we just have to try harder? you think that that culture is there? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt <laughs> that, that, that is there. You know, it's the way we're coached is to just work harder in order to get better, bigger, stronger, faster, all of those things. And in order to win, you have to be more disciplined than the other team in the off season. Plain and simple, right? Right. Um, a good coach it will care about the growth of an individual's character as well, not just what they do on the field or on, on the court or whatever. Uh, but it's often a similar method to growth, right? Just discipline yourself in that area. Do what's right, avoid what's wrong. I mean, in high school football, uh, that was our, our coach, one of our coaches' mantras. Like, we, he would say, do what's right, and we would all respond, avoid what's wrong. Uh, and, and that's biblical, 
you can see that all over the place of do what's right in some way, shape, or form, and also avoid what's wrong. However, it's not in our own strength anywhere in Scripture, right? right? It's all about uh, how we rely on Christ's what finished work and how He, by the Holy Spirit, empowers us to do what we're supposed to do. You know, that 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the, the beginning of that promise starts with God is faithful, Right. Right. And so in that, the focus is really on God and on relying on him. And so our what we need to do in the midst of that is is in humility, say, Lord, I need you. And in sports and I'd say in culture in general, uh, to have need is a sign of weakness. Right. Uh, But for the Christian athlete, our need for Christ is actually our strength. Right. Um. So then that brings the next question, you know, um, how does a parent help an athlete? Maybe you, God's been gifted you in a way that maybe perhaps you've got a child that is, is a gifted athlete uh, and maybe has become captain of the football team or become a, an integral part of their high school football's championship team. Um, so how, is you, how would you navigate as a parent so that you, you help your child not rely on their own strength and begin to think that they're going to succeed spiritually in the same way they succeed physically? Yeah. Again, I think it starts with reminding them of your own need for Jesus. Uh, if, if your kids haven't heard you confess and recognize and, and like ask for forgiveness and admit your own need for Jesus, then uh, I, I believe that, well we haven't modeled it for them well. Sure. And so then they have, the model they have uh, is one of sports culture, essentially where we just pick ourselves up and try harder. Uh, but if we're able to show them our need for Jesus, and, and it's like even the other day at home, I was not responding to my son the way I should be. And so in that, min- in that midst of that, I said, Braxton, I'm sorry, man, that's not how I should have responded to you. Will you forgive me? Uh, and, that humility is necessary. Like it's not easy to do. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's, Absolutely. It's and it's only because Christ uh, in us can we do those things. But I think that's one part of it. And the second part, gratitude is huge. Uh, creating a, an attitude of gratitude in the home, um, because when you're grateful for something, you recognize its origin isn't yours. And so if we're, you're thankful for, for peace in a difficult circumstance, you recognize the peace is from God. If you're thankful for your gifts or for your abilities and opportunities to, to share the gospel in the midst of, of sports because you have a platform for that, you're recognizing that all of those things are not from your hard work as much as they are from God giving you the gifts and abilities to do those things. And so your strength is really a gift of God when you say, thank you regularly. Uh, that becomes a mindset of, well, thank you. It's from him, not from me. Right. Um, so if we can make our homes an added, like a place of gra- gratefulness, right. I think that's going to be a, a huge help uh, in keeping us from creating a sports culture in our spiritual lives. Sure, sure. And, and you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, uh, a dad-son relationship uh, is can be a, a very powerful one in in the avenue of of sports, and you know we can unintentionally model this idea as men sure. that I'm just going to try harder, yep. like I'm just going to 
Uh, I'm going to go and, and work hard, and we mean well. It's like I, we've got to learn how to work hard. We've got to work hard, you know. But we have to be willing to admit uh, our humility. And I would like to add to that. Um, you know, we can tell our athlete that not being a raging monster doesn't mean you're going to be bad at this sport. Um, you know, not uh, having the the same type of intensity that comes with being uh, perhaps more selfish or perhaps um, driven by something other than a desire to to do greatness for Christ yeah. doesn't diminish your ability to to succeed in these sports. I mean, uh, I, I, he's kind of a cliche now, but you look at Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. uh, who's who's been able to succeed in a number of different areas in sports. Yep. Um, and clearly is a, a humble guy. He clearly is not driven by the same things his peers are. Yep. Um, and was still able to succeed, still made the NFL, still went to the NFL playoffs, and still got an invite to, to try out for the Mets. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get those invites unless you have a, yeah. a little bit of skill and, and there's some desire to have you play. Um, I want to uh, maybe bring something up here. Um, so the... Uh, International Olympic Committee in May 2021, so not too long ago, um, did a survey, did a study that about half of their Olympic athletes uh, suffered from anxiety and depression when they transitioned to retirement. And, and you know, you, you think about the fact that uh, for for four or eight or for 12 years, their whole life was training, preparing, training, preparing, training, preparing, compete, yep. training, preparing, tra- you know, and, and so everything was eat, sleep. Uh, you know, train. And there's a video of Michael Phelps. That, mm-hmm. You know, he every part of his life was impacted by what he was doing with his sport of swimming. Um, of course, there are other uh, studies done. ESPN has done a series of videos on athletes falling into addiction, um, struggling post sports, um, and many of them having been in this sport since they were very little, and now it's gone. They have to retire. The body does yep. break down. Uh, you can't perform. I think one of the more famous stories is uh, when Michael Jordan was introduced to the Hall of Fame. His speech was basically, I can still beat all of you. Just the <laughs> unwillingness to admit that he right. had gotten older. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I guess the question, I, I, or I should say, make this statement. First of all, I don't think any parent wants that to be the story of their athlete. For sure. And I don't think any athlete wants that to be their story. So the question is, how can we create a different story when it comes time to hang up our cleats or it comes time to say, okay, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I think we have to re- remember that we're Christian athletes, right? And it's Christian first, not athlete first. It's where our identities found and where identities placed. It's if, if we're playing for the purpose of our own glory and that I'm an athlete first, or even for having other people view me differently, whatever, uh, if my identity is placed in that, then I'm going to have a massive loss when that is no longer there to provide all of those affirmations for me. Um, however, if in the midst of playing and I use sport as a, a way to glorify God and my purpose of sport is that, then I can easily transition out of the, that means of, of glorifying God being sports to being work, being uh, just relationships with other people to what any any other thing. It's much easier uh, when you recognize that your identity is not in that of sports, but it is in Jesus Christ through that whole process. Um, and so if we can really 
kind of gets back to the beginning, right? It's abiding. It's recognizing that we are abiding in Jesus, that our identity is found in him and not in our performance or not in uh, our how many fans we have, likes, if you will, you know, of of that. So sure. And, and you know, it's it's an old statistic and I know it's been repeated a lot, but we you know, you remind yourself that uh, statistically, you know, 90% of athletes coming out of high school don't go to college for their athletics, yep. you know, and then it's 90% of college athletes don't go on to be professionals yep. uh, in their sport. And if you, even if you make it to that level where you're playing professionally or being able to compete at the Olympics, um, you're done by your mid forties. Yeah. You know, and there's a, you know, uh, based on life, there's a lot of life left. Yeah. Um, you know, at least I'm hoping so at being 40 <laughs> yes, myself. You know? Me too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, so it's like um, at some point or another, everybody has to face that moment. Yeah. That moment, I just can't do this anymore. Um, whether it is playing basketball in our backyard. Sure. Um, or it's the ability to compete on a particular level. We're going to have to say, you know what? Um, this, is, this, is, this is done. This part of my chapter of my life is over. And like you were saying, if if we're tied up in that, that's going to be a big letdown. Yeah. Um, but if we're if our focus is on Christ and the center of our life is our relationship with Christ, abiding in Christ, that well said. Um, you know that that's that is the the crux of the matter. So just coming to an end here, then uh, some maybe some parting words um, in suggesting how can a parent and how can an athlete make sure that sports does not eclipse the other parts of their life, including following Jesus? How do we give them some uh, parting words of wisdom in that? Yeah. Again, I think it goes back to the beginning of, of abiding and how, how do you do that? What questions are you asking? Uh, is it just how is your day or is it more focused on Jesus? And so you're in asking intentional questions of your teen uh, is going to help them to recognize where their identity is, but also help them recognize who Jesus is to them now, not just at church or at youth group, uh, but it's going to be throughout their day. And if we can continue to to point them in that direction, um, we're going to have Christian athletes and not just athletes. And they're going to have successful in in terms of biblically successful individuals who are following Jesus rather than following the crowd. So, man, keep focusing in on the identity. Help them to abide in Jesus because you are first being identified by Jesus and you're first abiding and then asking those questions. Really good. Well, I want to thank uh, Brian Boom for coming on for the conversation. Um, for those of you who are enrolled in the FRC Digital, let me encourage you to mark in your schedule when they're going to be an in-person gathering. Also, make sure you download the worksheet that's going to go the companion for this conversation and for the others, and join us for worship on Sunday. I'm Pastor Tim Leisinga, and this is the FRC Digital Network.